Welcome everyone to the IWIB Talks. Uh, we will be talking about the Sustainability Development Goals, Corporate Reporting. And for this, I'm honored to welcome our guest speaker, Susana Di Feliciantonio. She's the head of European policy for the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales. Welcome, Susana. Thank you very much, Tati, and uh, thank you for the, for the introduction. Uh, so um, I do have some slides uh, prepared to help me talk uh, a little bit through this, but maybe um, just before I share the slides, you, you asked me to say a little bit about myself and how I ended up uh, here in Brussels doing what I do. Um, so my background, uh, and I think this is particularly relevant, is not uh, in uh, chartered accountancy. I'm, I'm not a chartered accountant. My background is in political science, uh, and I've been in Brussels for... Uh, over 15 years working on advocacy, uh, most of that time for the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales. Uh, and in, in that role, I've been following uh, a lot of developments uh, which relate to corporate reporting and audit and, and tax. Uh, and one of the other things that I have been doing is also I uh, initiated a network for women who were working in the financial services policy area. And so um, that, that network, which we call Women in EU Finance, has been uh, meeting in person and virtually for the last uh, couple of years. And I think that's how you and I sort of made, made contact um, as well. Um, happy to talk a bit more about how I ended up in, in Brussels, uh, but maybe I'm going to try and share my slides now and, and talk a little bit through the, the, the topic at hand. So I hope you can all see those slides. Perfect. Um, so um, Tati asked me if I would talk a little bit about the uh, SDGs and corporate reporting. And, and if you're very sharp eyed, you might see that I've slightly tweaked the, the title and I've introduced an and. Uh, because while I will touch upon how you might report on what a company is doing with the SDGs, I actually want to take it a little bit broader and talk about how um, what is a very fast evolving landscape for corporate reporting might underpin a broader move towards the, the SDGs by encouraging business change um, effectively. So I'll, I'll explain that a little bit uh, uh, in a moment, but uh, so I've, I've slightly amended the, the, the title here. And I can... So just before I do uh, start, I, I wanted to say a word about ICAW just to explain where, where we come from on, on this debate. So ICAW was founded in 1880 uh, with the Royal Charter and has a long history of serving the public interest. Um, we have over 165,000 members in 147 uh, countries. We are currently training around 34,000 students and uh, we supervise and monitor over 12,000 chartered accountancy firms. Um, we have uh, around 6,500 members in the European economic area and being present on the ground in Brussels, which is where I am for over 25 years. Uh, this, this slide here shows you four stained glass windows, which were commissioned by ICAW in 1897, and they show different aspects of the accountancy profession. So you've got law, 
enterprise, commerce, and uh, and finance. Uh, and you'll see actually there's quite a lot of female characters on these uh, on these slides. I think if they were commissioned today, maybe there'd be a fifth uh, window, which would be sustainability. Uh, and indeed, we're working very hard to ensure that the uh, the accountancy profession will be able to play a key role in helping to deliver a more sustainable uh, future. So you probably know these uh, th this slide by now. Um, these are the the SDGs or the global the global goals, and uh, ICAW is the first uh, major professional body to have already declared that it is uh, carbon neutral. Uh, and that's our own commitment as a, as a professional body uh, to the SDGs and in particular, uh, goal 13, climate action. But I think more important than that perhaps is uh, our key, one of our key strategic themes, which is to help others in a way achieve the sustainable development goals. And we want to do that by mobilizing the expertise that we have in house, but more importantly, the expertise that we have through our members uh, finance professionals to help companies address the challenges and to enable um, more uh, transformative action by, by business and by, by governments. So we're not talking about one specific SDG here, we're talking about action to underpin multiple uh, SDGs. Uh, another way that the profession tends to talk about um, the SDGs is by reference to the triple bottom line, which you might be uh, familiar with. So it's the, the concept of people, planet and profit. Uh, so from the perspective of a company, it suggests that in addition to economic performance, a company must also account for its environmental and social performance. And then you sort of have sustainability sitting at the intersection uh, of, of those three um, and the, the slide shows sort of some of the examples of what might fall under those, um, those categories. Um, we have these, obviously, these, these big uh, mega trends like a warming planet, uh, but I think we're often challenged as how does this translate into something meaningful for an individual company? Um, and so still, uh, in a way, I hope this slide becomes redundant in that the business case for change no longer needs to be uh, perhaps made so explicitly and it, it is obvious, but just, just, to, just to go through it. So this slide tends to show the, the push factors, so the factors that are pushing um, companies to change and the, the pull factors or the carrots and sticks, uh, if you will. So we've got uh, push factors such as changing uh, customer requirements, supply chain risks, investor, bank, regulatory demands. Uh, and on the pull side, we have um, investor interest, cost efficiencies, better risk management, better funding opportunities. And you'll see that the push and the pull do tend to mirror uh, each other. And um, I came across some recent data from, from PwC, which suggests that four in five investors say that how companies manage ESG is an important factor in their investment decision-making. Two in five consumers say that social actions impact their purchasing decisions. And uh, over half of employees say that transparency over environmental impact is important to them. I think the, the demand is certainly there. And I think that the last summers that we've experienced in Europe uh, sort of provide further evidence of the need for a change. I think what's important maybe to take away from this is that 
the the business case for change will differ from company to uh, company, but that there is a growing consensus that viewing business through a, a sustainability lens uh, does enable a better understanding of how a company creates value and manages risks. So this is where I'm linking the SDGs directly to corporate uh, reporting. Uh, and this, uh, this slide shows uh, a page from ABN AMRO's impact report uh, from 2021, where it tries to give uh, a perspective of how uh, ABN AMRO is um, looking at the SDGs that are most relevant for its business performance and um, mapping the impact it has on those SDGs. This is there are other pages sitting under this in the uh, impact report. So these are not the only um, SDGs. But I, but I think what's interesting is that it shows how a company can look at the SDGs, look at the ones that are most relevant for its business, uh, and then focus on both the uh, the risks and the opportunities. Uh, and uh, you, if you can see the legend on the side, it, it's quite a, uh, a, a moving picture. Uh, so it shows positives and negatives, but it also shows the, uh, the, 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 the change over time. So it's uh, showing that some things are improving and some things are, are not improving. And I think um, that's important because it gives a sense of a journey. Uh, and um, this is not a static situation, the issues, the impacts, the priorities for companies uh, will evolve over, over time and they will be unique to each company. Uh, I should just say here that the reason I've chosen ABN AMRO is, is, is uh, purely because they were a winner of uh, one of our Finance for the Future awards, which we organized with Deloitte and Accounting for Sustainability to find examples of, of, of best practice. So there's lots of other companies that are, are, are doing great reporting and that's just why I've singled out um, ABN AMRO. So what is sustainability reporting? Uh, and I hope here I start to respond to, to Tatiana's introduction. Uh, a very simple definition would be that it is reporting information which relates to sustainability factors. A slightly extended definition would be that it's the company's practice of reporting publicly on its most significant economic, environmental, and or social impacts, and hence its contributions, both positive and negative, towards the goal of sustainable development. And that's the definition from, from GRI for those of you who, who are uh, following this area a bit more closely. So sustainability reporting can be focused on climate change or on broader uh, environmental, social and governance factors, ESG. Uh, it can be focused on impact or on risks and opportunities. The information reported might be in a company's annual report. It might be in a separate report. The reporting might be required by law or it might be done voluntarily. And as things stand today, it's in fact a mix of probably all of the, uh, all of the above. Uh, an alternative way to think about sustainability reporting is to consider what the reporting covers and who the users of the information uh, might be. And this is a, um, a nested approach, uh, as, as is shown in, in this slide, which may be familiar to, 
to some. So if, if I start from the, the smallest box, which covers reporting on sustainability matters that are, is included in the financial statements, this is recognizing that uh, there are things uh, that have a monetary value and therefore should be already recognized in the financial statements. For instance, for companies in, um, in some sectors, uh, if they are buying CO2 permits, CO2 permits have a financial value and therefore that should be recognized in the, uh, in the accounts. And maybe it's just worth saying here that um, while financial reporting standards, and in, in Europe we tend to be talking therefore about uh, IFRS or International Financial Reporting Standards, don't explicitly mention sustainability or, or climate. Um, this does not mean that they're not relevant in the financial statement. So under IFRS, uh, if information is material, that is to say it could uh, have, uh, it could influence the decisions that investors are making when using companies' financial statements, then it should be already included. Uh, and so that might mean that if there is, if companies have climate risks that are deemed to be material, uh, to their business, they should already be coming through in the financial uh, statements. And indeed, there's been increasing guidance put out for companies on this. The, the middle box in this nested approach uh, relates to reporting on sustainability matters which are likely to impact positively or negatively a company's own business model and therefore either create or erode uh, its value. And this is often described as enterprise value um, creation. And then the, the largest box uh, basically covers reporting on all significant impacts that a company might have externally. And so it's very broad in range. This is, it's a useful little graphic, but obviously it's, it's a very, uh, it's a system that's in, uh, that's in flux, that's very dynamic and issues might move across from, from one nest, if you will, to, to the other. And the users of this information may also differ. So uh, investors might be most focused on what's in the financial statements, whereas uh, consumers or employees uh, might be more interested in um, the impact a company is having externally uh, when it comes to people, profit and planet. Uh, in Europe, um, some companies are already, or have already been required to uh, produce some of this information uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit more in a minute about what else is, is happening in Europe. So I, I'm hoping this is just giving a little bit of an example of what we're talking about when we talk about a, uh, a more comprehensive corporate reporting system that embeds both financial reporting and sustainability reporting. Obviously this all takes place in a broader ecosystem. So you have uh, broadly speaking, information producers and information users. So you have preparers, uh, internal audit, internal control that are collecting, uh, validating the information uh, under the responsibility of management and, and supervisory boards, uh, often with the involvement of auditors or assurance providers. And this information is then used by uh, investors, employees, customers, other end users, and it may also serve broader policy uh, purposes. So where are we today? Uh, so it's been a really interesting uh, period, the last 
year two years uh, in that there's a real move to consolidate uh, what uh, has and to, to consolidate and to really move forward in, in this area. So we're moving from basically an alphabet soup of different standards, frameworks and initiatives that companies were using uh, to underpin their, their sustainability reporting to more defined uh, approaches. And in particular, I would highlight uh, EU level uh, with the uh, recent agreement on a new uh, legislative text, the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, uh, which I'll, I'll come to in a second, but also at uh, international level with the uh, establishment last year of a new International Sustainability Standards Board, the ISSB, within the IFRS framework. And the ISSB has just closed consultation on two first uh, sustainability disclosure standards, one a very general one and more, more focused on climate disclosures. And then in the US, we've also had the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission also consult recently on, um, on how it might review climate disclosures. So we're, we're really beginning to see a move from a very uh, confusing framework to one that hopefully will be uh, more straightforward and which hopefully will remain aligned so that what's happening in the EU and at the US and at the international level uh, is, is aligned. So coming back to, to Europe, um, this is a quote from Commissioner McGuinness, who's responsible uh, for financial uh, affairs at the European uh, Commission. And uh, she made this statement in June, so quite recently, uh, when there was a political agreement on this new, uh, this new legislative text, the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. And um, the, 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 the quote, I think, really you know, it sort of points to the importance that is given to this text. It talks about a landmark moment, a significant step forward in the area of disclosures uh, that will help drive the transition to a sustainable economic system that will enable companies to communicate and manage their sustainability performance. Uh, and that will also give citizens uh, a view into how companies are uh, not just being successful financially, but also uh, how they impact people and the environment. So a lot of importance is being given to this, this area. The, uh, the text, the new law, which uh, is, is just going through the final uh, due process at European level, so it's not yet fully adopted, but the, the, the text is not going to, to change at this point. It, it extends the disclosure requirements that were already uh, in place for a limited number of companies. Um, and those existing ones required companies to start providing information on, uh, on uh, environment, social responsibility, human rights, anti-corruption and diversity. Uh, and it extends those by also introducing uh, more information on the way that companies impact society and uh, environment. So what is called the double materiality concept, more forward looking information uh, about targets and progress against those targets. It looks at intangibles. Uh, importantly, uh, it will require that companies produce or disclose this information uh, on the basis of European sustainability reporting standards, which are currently being developed. 
and that this information will need to be assured by either an external auditor or by an external uh, assurance provider. The, the scope is also large in the sense of it brings in a lot more companies. So at the moment, just under 12,000 companies in the EU are required to report uh, under the, the scope of the existing legislation. This will, over time, move to 49,000 companies in the EU, uh, and the Commission estimates this covers about 75% of the total EU companies' turnover. So it's a, it's a really significant uh, uh, extension of, uh, of scope. The European Sustainability Reporting Standards, and I'm not going to go into to sort of any significant level of detail uh, on this, but it's just to give you a sense of the, the complexity and the, uh, the thoroughness, if you will, of, of what's being considered. So these ESRSs are being developed by a, um, an advisory group to the European Commission, um, the European Financial Reporting Advisory Group, EFRAG. Uh, and they've been working on this for the last 18 to 18 months to two, two years and have recently consulted on um, the standards that you that you can see on this slide. So you have some overall standards which sort of set the general principles or, or the general approach. And then you have standards that are specifically on the environment, uh, on social issues and on governance issues. Um, these are currently being defined. Uh, FRAG is due to provide the Commission with uh, finalised standards in November, which are due to be adopted uh, according to uh, EU secondary legislation processes by the middle of next year. And FRAG will then already start work on a second set of standards, which will be sector specific. Um, so they are uh, going to be working on standards uh, next year uh, for, and this is not exhaustive, but for agriculture and farming, for um, mining, oil and gas, energy production, road transport, textiles, accessories, footwear, jewelries, food and beverage. So really covering a vast array of, of, um, of sectors. So companies will be required to be using these standards in order to um, provide the disclosures that are required under, under law. The, the timetable is extremely uh, ambitious and it is all happening incredibly quickly. Um, so companies that are already reporting under the existing legislation will have to produce this new uh, set of, of uh, information in 2025 on financial year 2024. So that's really not very far ahead. And then other companies that are in scope will gradually be brought into, uh, will be phased in. Uh, and uh, again, the information will also need to be uh, assured and that assurance will also be phased in um, over time. So um, I realize that's a little bit of a whistle stop tour. It's an extremely complex area. It's developing very, very quickly. But if I could just leave you perhaps with some thoughts of um, what should companies and what should their accountants be doing if they're not doing that already. Um, so a three-step, very basic uh, roadmap for, for what companies could be doing. So firstly, uh, preparing for this new era. So that means uh, companies should be perhaps thinking about uh, what they need to do to uh, assess and address sustainability matters. What do they need to know from a management 
perspective, uh, what information will they need to be making better decisions in this area. Secondly, uh, integrating what they're doing on the financial reporting side with what's happening on the sustainability reporting side. Uh, and I think that means thinking uh, also about the systems and the processes that underpin the production of that information. And, and thirdly, really uh, continuing to, to look ahead, um, making sure that companies have some system in place to understand the new standards that are coming out, the new requirements that are coming out, uh, identifying where they might have uh, information gaps and uh, setting out plans for how they're going to be implementing such uh, such change so that they're not uh, caught out. And I should really say there's a lot of detail here, but ultimately, I think there's a real uh, hope that this encourages uh, business change to help them be making that transition to a more sustainable um, way of doing business and thereby, uh, I think that meeting that ultimate goal that's embedded in the, the SDGs. Um, we have a lot more information on a lot of these areas uh, on the ICW website, so I do encourage uh, people to look there if they want more detail. And uh, maybe also just a little plug that if, if uh, your finance team is, is doing great work in this area, we're always looking for new uh, examples of best practice for the Finance for the Future Awards. Uh, and so um, do, do let us know if you've got great examples and we'd, we'd love for them to be put forward for, for the awards for our 10th year anniversary of those uh, awards. Um, Tatiana, I think I will leave it at, at that. I hope that was useful. That was amazing. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about this episode, you can read the description. Or you can also go to our website, www.iwib.online. You can also follow us on Instagram at IWIB Business Network. Until next time.